right up straight talk with art levine our guest tonight newly elected state senator ted lieu and a report direct from sacramento opinions expressed in the following program do not necessarily reflect the views of charter communications nor its sponsors we recognize our obligation to present opposing points of view by responsible spokespersons for information please contact the director of program she stands in the face of evil and will not lose hope or faith. America, the land of freedom, is still the Talk is brought to you in part by Southern California Edison. For over 100 years, life powered by Edison. The Press Telegram, your local news leader for over 100 years. Join us for tonight's edition of Straight Talk. And now, your host. Art Levine. Good evening and welcome to Straight Talk. We're delighted and honored to have as our guest for the entire show this evening the newly elected state senator from the 28th Senatorial District, Senator Ted Lieu. Ted, welcome to our show. Thank you. Uh, senator Lou was elected uh, recently to fill the uh, unexpired term of the late Senator Jenny Oropesa, who we all knew so well and had such fond admiration for. Congratulations on your election. Thank you. And Senator Arpaza was a friend of mine. She was a compassionate, courageous senator. She was indeed. Uh, well, Ted, uh, let's, let's start uh, what everyone's thinking about. Uh, uh, Sacramento is in bad shape. The budget is in bad shape. We're facing a $25 billion deficit. Uh, you served three terms in the state assembly, so you're familiar with Sacramento. Uh, give us your take on the budget situation. Sure. So let me explain to you why I voted no on last year's budget. And it wasn't because I couldn't vote for hard budgets, because for years I've been doing that in the Assembly. But if you remember, we had this huge uh, discrepancy between uh, what the Democrats wanted and what the Republicans wanted. It was about a $4 to $5 billion gap. And then we blew past the budget deadline, months past it, and then all of a sudden we get a call saying, hey, they've solved the budget crisis. So I flew up to Sacramento, and they give the briefing, and at the end of it, I said, I think you just made up the numbers. Because, Smoke and mirrors. Exactly, because what happened was the governor's office simply assumed another $4 billion or so was going to come. This under the prior governor. Governor Schwarzenegger, that another $4 billion was going to come from the federal government with no basis for saying so. And I can't vote for something that's not real. With Jerry Brown, uh, he has proposed a budget that is real. If you follow what he says, largely the budget 
will balance. And his, Huge difference. His approach is about the $25 billion problem, half uh, spending cuts and half continuation of the taxes. Exactly. And to me, that's a reasonable approach. Well, it's no secret that Sacramento is held in low respect by the populace. I think uh, the poll numbers are down to 20% or something respecting the state legislature. You've been in the state legislature in the assembly for six years, for almost six years. You're now in the Senate. Ironically, people tend to like their assembly right. person or senator, but the institution is not held in high esteem. What do you attribute that to? So a couple of things. Um, one is the way that we are selected. That's why I've been one of the strongest advocates for the open primary, which is, by the way, something that my party, the Democratic Party, absolutely hates. Uh, the Republican Party also hates open primary. And my view is if both parties hate it this much, it's got to be good for the state of California. And I've strongly supported <laughs> open primaries here and elsewhere. And, and the reason that matters is before the open primary, only folks within the base would vote for you. But now it opens up to everybody, including independents. And under the old system, with that only party members voting, the most conservative Republicans would get the nomination and the most liberal Democrats. And we had gridlock in Sacramento. And I might add that re uh, gerrymandered districts also led to the same problem. Yes, yeah, so I also was one of the few legislators that supported redistricting reform, uh, primarily because I thought it was a huge conflict of interest for me to draw my own district. I just Amen to that. You heard, we call it the Legislators Full Employment Act. The there way, we go. And both parties were culpable in conspiring to draw these safe districts. Correct. And so what you would have is uh, legislators that were really extreme, uh, nice people, but because of the way they were selected, they would be extremely left or extremely right, and they would not want to compromise, partly because of their own philosophy, and second, they get punished by their own districts. And ironically, in a democratic society, the legislature is supposed to reflect the political will of the populace, and the state is basically moderate, and yet the legislature was divided into the liberal function, faction and the conservative, and they were at loggerheads. And that plus the two-thirds vote for, for a budget and for taxes, and we had gridlock. Correct. And so I'm very excited that in about two to four years, these two reforms, the open primary and redistricting, should result in a better functioning legislature. Important now, structural absolutely. changes. Now, I think there are some things we can do right now to instill better confidence in elected officials. So, Such as? So, for example, a few years ago, I declined my legislative pay raise. I also... Really? Yes. I also C subsequently... Congratulations. You know... Do as I do. You know, that is so good. Thank you. Uh, subsequently, I took a voluntary pay cut before it was imposed on us. I have never had the state pay for my cell phone, and the state never will. And in one of my first official acts as state senator, you know, I was given a state gas card, and I kindly returned it back to the taxpayers. You know, as a professor of ethics as well as legal <laughs> studies, I only can say amen to that, Ted. So if more government officials led by example, I think the public would at least uh, feel better about their government. And I think that's one reason Jerry Brown uh, has done well, because he's done a lot of the actions of just eliminating what people perceive as fraud and waste and abuse. And while you're at it, when you get your uh, 
when, when the paint dries on your office and you, some of those state commissions that pay 100000 a year for one meeting a month right. where termed out legislators are put to uh, thrive in their post-political life might be examined. Yes, and so I supported a bill that actually looks at sunsetting uh, commissions that don't really uh, have much of a purpose. And it's funny you <coughs> that you mentioned paint. <coughs> I'm sorry, because my chief of staff came up to me and said, you know, new senators get to have the office repainted. And I said, um, is the public paying for this? And he said, yes. And I said, no, I don't want my office repainted. And so hopefully we can get through this crisis and then um, get uh, better confidence within uh, the government. And Governor Brown uh, is a very, very bright person yes. and with, with good political instincts. And I, I think he's approaching things in the right way and trying to address a problem that he did personally did not cause. That's correct. And he's very much engaged uh, in the weeds. I mean, he's talking on very uh, fine details. He understands the budget. He actually engages uh, stakeholders something that our former governor uh, did not do very much of. And I think you, you're seeing a big difference because of that. Great. Well, we'll be continuing this fascinating discussion with uh, Senator Ted Lieu after we pause for these messages. Stay with us. Supported by Edison International. Californians are getting to be old hands at year-round energy conservation. Part of our special awareness of the resources we all depend on, we're making the change to energy-efficient light bulbs, keeping warm-weather thermostats set to a comfortable 78 degrees, and giving major appliances the afternoon off. Because when it comes to energy conservation, it all adds up. Life powered by Edison. Experience fast family fun at the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Six hot racing series featuring eyes on IndyCar stars, Dario Franchitti, Danica Patrick, and returning champ Ryan hunter Ray. Plus, Toyota Pro Celebrity Race, Tequila Patron American Le Mans, Drifting, and more. Discover the family fun zone and new indoor zip line at the Free Lifestyle Expo. Two free Tecate Light concerts. And children 12 and under free with adults. April 15th through the 17th, come experience the Toyota Grand Prix of Long Beach. Getting kids to care about economics is easier than you think. You just need to find a connection. Like how the Port of Long Beach supports one in eight jobs in our city alone. And how the port's commitment to going green is creating even more new jobs. So the Port of Long Beach? Cool. My no texting in class policy? Not so cool. The Port of Long Beach. Investing in jobs. Investing in you. As your business searches for smart ways to save, don't forget about the one that's right in front of you. Switch to the Charter Business Bundle and you can save big without sacrificing a thing. Get reliable business telephone and high-speed internet with local support and great features. Power your business with great savings starting today. It's easy to pay less and get more. Call now and make a switch to the Charter Business Bundle. We are back, continuing our conversation with newly elected state senator Ted Lieu from the 28th Senatorial District. Senator, we talked about the budget in the first segment. A redevelopment is an important component of the governor's uh, efforts to balance the budget, and there are strong arguments on both sides. Redevelopment agencies are good. 
we, they're, they're not good because they move money around. Where, where do you right. come out on the redevelopment yeah. issue? Well, so like many issues, uh, it's not entirely black and white. So my first experience with redevelopment agencies, RDAs, uh, was a good one. Um, LA Air Force Base was on the verge of being closed and moved to Colorado. And so cities got together, used RDA funds, and basically through a land swap, uh, help LA Air Force Base rebuild itself to a brand new seismically safe base. And that kept the base here. And that base now generates about 65,000 jobs, $300 million of revenue back to the state in terms of income taxes. That was a great use of RDA funds. On the other hand, uh, you see actions such as what the LA Redevelopment Agency recently took, where they gave $52 million to billionaire Eli Broad so that he could build a garage for his museum that's going to house his art collection. Now, folks look at that and go, that's probably a waste of taxpayers' money. And so clearly, there's reforms that need to be made. And I think that's where most stakeholders are. And I believe whether uh, we eliminate it or not, it will be uh, a reformed and reconstituted RDA going forward. And uh, that's basically my view of it. It's the a governor, good thing, but you need to reform it. But the governor is proposing they be eliminated. Yes. And you correct. do not support total elimination of it. So there is a, a legal nuance to this. Uh, Proposition 22 has made it so that uh, we really can't reform it. Either we keep it or we eliminate it, and then we reconstitute a new one. And so I am committed to having a local investment tool for cities, whatever you call that, and that is uh, my goal. The tax extension which the governor is proposing for the June 7th ballot, uh, you already said you support Yes, that tax, and you support allowing the people to weigh in on whether they want Absolutely. it. Would that require a two-thirds or just a majority vote? For the people to pass uh, the tax extension, it would be just a majority vote. Correct. Pension reform, of course, is a hot issue, and uh, it's probably an idea whose time has come, in fact, probably long overdue, I might add. Uh, Democrats uh, have heavy labor support, I think you do also. Tell us your view on the need for pension reform. So I support pension reform. I, I think there are clearly abuses uh, of the system, such as with RDAs. There's good things for and bad things. So in terms of the general issue of, of pensions, uh, you have had people abuse it through pension spiking, uh, through really excessive pensions that they get uh, after uh, they retire. And I think everyone is on board to try clamp down. Now, the, the legal problem right, with reforming pensions for people that already have them, is there uh, are court cases and federal laws that say if you modify someone's vested pension, you have to give them something of comparable value in return. And so the state's not really going to save very much money doing that. But for new hires, you can absolutely reform the system. But so new, they come, come new in hires won't, I'm told, yeah. really solve the problem. We need to do something about existing pensions, not to change benefits of those that are receiving it, but current workers who came in being promised X, and we can't afford X anymore because states and municipalities and others are going broke, we need to move X down to something lower. Uh, I agree with you. I think it depends on whether they vested or not. I think that's the issue. But there's also sort of a myth out there, at least in terms of the state, uh, the state CalPERS pension fund is in the immediate uh, short term fine. Uh, it, it's 
Not that the state is also paying a huge amount of money to CalPERS and it's taking from the general fund. That's not what's going on. Uh, it's sort of a long-term projection that says, okay, if your rates of return don't rise high enough, then you might face some problems. So it's not really a short-term for instance, we can do all the pension reform we want. It won't help us balance our immediate $25 million Well, that's, million that's true, but the guy in the street in private industry who does not have a secure right. job, who doesn't have a defined benefit pension plan, right. uh, and may lose his job next week, and many have, resents appropriately a, a class of citizens called, quote, public employees that, that do very good work but have secure jobs and... Uh, and very wealthy pen pensions and health benefits. There's a sense of unfairness. There is, and I don't disagree uh, with uh, some of what you've said. However, if you actually look at public sector wages compared to the private sector and you control for education, in general, public sector workers make less. But in return, they get more generous pensions and they get benefits. And so what you're seeing now, right, is folks that don't have pensions feeling bad about those that do. Or but jobs. I, or jobs. And I, I completely understand and that. And people are living longer. And a lot of people are collecting pensions for longer than they worked. That's correct. That's and why they're actually getting more money because when combined with Social Security, they actually have more dollars per month than they did when they were working. And they're getting that pension for a longer period of time. Strikes a lot of us as unfair. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm, and just for the record, a public employee. Right. I taught, I've taught at the university many years. And... I contributed, the university contributed, and we get a nice pension. We didn't get rich, but we get a pension. So and I don't want to be uh, criticizing the hand that feeds me or right. whatever. The no, I, I absolutely believe uh, there needs to be pension reform. Okay. It, it's just which class of employees does it affect. Okay, more with the senator after these messages. Trainees mixes California style with continental cuisine that includes fresh seafood from around the world. Since Phil is the chef, the menu has a wide variety of pastas, salads, soups, and appetizers that feature his unique personal touch. And the Italian-American signature dishes are simply beyond delicious. You never know who you're going to run into at Trainees, from the famous sports legends on the Wall of Fame to local celebrities having a drink at the bar. For the best fine dining experience, visit Phil Trainees. At Performance Plus Tire, you'll find we carry Toyo tires. For over 50 years, Toyo has been a world leader in the development of high-quality tires. Optimum performance, safety, and a comfortable ride. That's what makes Toyo tires great. And now come into Performance Plus Tire for a great deal on these Toyo tires. Proxies ST, Open Country AT, and Proxies 4. Toyo tires, driven to perform. Come in today and we'll install new Toyo tires on your vehicle while you wait. Performance Plus Tire on Cherry Avenue, one mile north of the 405 in Long Beach. When I was a boy growing up in Italy, I had a dream to own my own store. I came to the United States and I worked hard as a tailor. Hi, I'm Umberto. I've been in Long Beach since 1960, carrying the finest quality men's clothing. It was a long way away, but styles are just around the corner. Umberto, 2141 Bellflower, Long Beach. People need a hero. They need something they can believe in. That's where Dog the Water Copper comes in. Oh, 
Oh, no! Alright, you little trail sniffer. I've been watching you take a shower for the past 40 minutes. Think of all that water you're wasting. Well, I mean, that's really weird, dog. I'm totally naked right now. We're back with Senator Ted Lieu. Senator, the economy is so important to everything. What do we do here in California to get this economy moving and to create sure. jobs and tax revenue? Well, we've got to transform California's economy. Uh, we're not going to compete here in California making T-shirts. That's not going to happen. We are not a low-cost state, and we never will be. It's going to be in those industries where we have a competitive advantage, things that we can do that other countries or other states can't. Like? Such as aerospace, uh, Silicon Valley. Uh, we've got Hollywood. We've got agriculture. We have ports. So Kansas, for instance, will never have a port like Long Beach. It will never happen. So if we can increase trade and tourism, that's something we can compete and compete well in in California. Uh, the F-18 fighter jet is made uh, in El Segundo. Uh, that will never be made in China. And so if we can incentivize these industries where we have some value that we can add to a product or service, that's how we compete going forward. And what about the argument that raising taxes is a disincentive to business and they move to Arizona, Texas, you name it? So generally, I'm against raising taxes. Uh, just keep in mind uh, what Jerry Brown has proposed is a tax extension of current rates. Now, businesses also rely on a workforce and intellectual capital. And when I was a chair of the Aerospace Committee, Select Committee and Assembly, there was this interesting workforce hearing I did uh, where Raytheon uh, came up and they said, you know, we don't lose sleep at night because of increased taxes or regulation. Uh, we lose sleep at night because we can't fill our positions. Wow. And you have this mismatch between the workforce that a lot of these companies need. Uh, Boeing, for instance, a few years ago said, we've got 100 open slots on any given day that we can't fill. And so we need to realign our curriculum, our education, so that we provide the workforce we need uh, for the 21st century. It always struck me about California that one of its unique strengths is its creativity. And uh, three of the most creative industries in the world are located here, and I don't think it's an accident. Uh, Hollywood, of course, movies and yes. television are pure intellectual. <coughs> yes. Whatever you think of the product, it's pure intellectual. The Silicon Valley is pure intellectual property. And something that I didn't know, auto design is based here. And it seems that there's something in the air, the water, or the topography or the openness of California that fosters creativity? That plus our educational system, right? Yeah. We had great uh, UCs and CSUs, and those are hard to replicate in many places. Now, I teach here at CSU Long Beach, right? and the cuts keep coming. Yes. Are we in danger of, of destroying something that's so important by these cuts to education? Absolutely, that's why we need to pass tax extensions. Uh, to provide the revenues we need uh, on a going-forward basis. And if we want to transform our economy, we need a highly educated workforce. Because a lot of people feel that the availability of high-quality, <coughs> low-cost, higher education, or education generally, is key and has been key to the economic miracle called California. Oh, absolutely. <coughs> Sorry about that. Absolutely. And we're in danger of losing that uh, if we don't uh, align, again, our curriculum and our workforce needs with what companies need because if they can't get the workforce here in California, they will move. So you would be a strong supporter of education? Oh, absolutely. And it really, uh, to me, it's not a luxury. It is critical for our economic future. 
We have a minute or so left, Senator, and it's yours to say what you would like to the uh, to your constituents and to, to the viewers in our 40 cities. Oh, well, I just want to, uh, first of all, thank you. Uh, what the press does in educating people is uh, a tremendous benefit uh, to uh, the constituents. And also, I uh, want to say that, you know, we're in tough times in California, but we will get out of it. And the question now is, do we want to lead or follow when we get out of it? And I think we can transform the economy, create and retain jobs, and really focus on those things where we can compete well in California in the future. Well said, and we'll be back with the remaining portions of Straight Talk after these messages. Welcome to McKenna's on the Bay, where fine dining is complemented with a breathtaking view. McKenna's is a restaurant of incredible ambiance, providing service and cuisine with style, class, and romance. The menu offers a variety of appetizers, serious seafood, prime steaks, an oyster bar, and specialty entrees for either lunch or dinner. McKenna's on the Bay features patio dining, nightly entertainment, and two banquet facilities. No matter what your occasion, McKenna's on the Bay is like being on vacation. Join us today at McKenna's on the Bay. Founded in 1976, Polly's Gourmet Coffee is Southern California's most complete gourmet coffee store. Polly's has the best tasting coffee freshly roasted every day right in the store. Plus a wide selection of teas, an in-house bakery, espresso bar, patio dining, and more. We also offer Wi-Fi, free internet access for all of our customers. Our nationwide clientele agree, when it comes to coffee, there's only one name to remember, Polly's. 4606 East 2nd Street, welcoming you into Belmont Shore. who are closest to you, from our family to yours. McCarty's Jewelry, since 1932. How do you like your chances the rest of the week? I got no idea. But I do know that if we stay with Naples Rib Company, at least we won't go hungry. Coach, what do you think about some of those questionable calls tonight? Oh, yeah, but if you want a sound call, I'd call Naples Rib Company. You can't miss on that call. Then Naples Rib Company is part of your game plan? There really is nothing more motivating than a great barbecue meal at Naples Rib Company. Victory or not, Naples Rib Company, great game plan. Uh, Senator Ted Lieu, who's been our guest for the last half hour, has a compelling personal story. He came to America with his family at the age of three, immigrating from uh, uh, Asian uh, lands, uh, Taiwan. He uh, attended Stanford went to Georgetown Law School, graduated magna, editor-in-chief of the Law Review, served in the United States Air Force in the JAG program, and now has, uh, again, uh, is serving in elective office. And uh, uh, those are the kind of people that we'd like to encourage to go into public service. And you heard earlier some of Ted's uh, views on foregoing salary raises and declining certain benefits. So, Ted, uh, congratulations on your personal story. It's an only in America type story. Thank you. That's why I love this state and love this country. And thank you so much for joining us here on Straight Talk. We hope you'll come back. I will. Thank you. Okay. And thank you for being our guest. Please join us next week for the next edition of Straight Talk. Good night, everybody.
Straight Talk has been brought to you by Southern California Edison, the Press-Telegram, and remember, Straight Talk is viewable worldwide 24-7 at straighttalktv.com. Are you prepared in case of a natural disaster? Are basic necessities readily available from your home in case of no electricity or running water for days at a time? Preparation is the best defense against natural disasters. For more information and tips on how to prepare, contact your local Long Beach Red Cross.